Hi everyone. Wow, everything's like deathly quiet. How's, how's everyone doing? Great. Um, you know, it's really, it's really strange. Like, it's only when I watch a video, you know, of, of, like, um, of me promoting the internships that I suddenly have this r- real realisation again that, oh wow, I've got a really strong Bristolian accent. Um, I kind of forget um, that if you, if you spend any sort of time with me, pretty soon you'll realise that I'm not a native Salfordian. Um, you see, I'm from a place in the country called Bristol, and, um, and when people hear my accent, um, often, you know, often their first impression is um, they'll, they'll presume that I was born, born and brought up on a farm in the West Country. Um, and so, sometimes I've even, I've, sometimes I've gone to London and, um, and met people there. And, and sometimes, you know, when people are talking to me, they hear my accent and they start talking to me really, really slowly because they presume I'm not quite with it. Or, <laughs> um, but you know, uh, sometimes when I'm... Um, when I when I go to Joe's uh, Joe's to have food with Joe's family, some Joe's dad finds it my accent hilarious, and we'll all be sat around the table. Joe's mum, Joe's dad, and Joe, um, and uh, and and all of our three kids. And sometimes our dads, nearly every time, actually, will lean back and he'll say, "I've got a brand new combine harvester," and and they'll find it absolutely hilarious. But you know. I want to begin this afternoon by asking, you know, where, where are you from? You know, it's really, really important that each of us know where we're from. You know, turn with me to Matthew 13. That's a question that people had to figure out about Jesus. When Jesus walked on this earth, you know, a question people had to answer and a question we have to answer today is where is or where was Jesus from? And um, just like people, you know, um, hear my accent, um, you know, Jesus, Jesus had something similar. You know, Jesus in Matthew 13, verse 53. It says, when Jesus finished these parables, when he finished teaching, he moved on from there. Come into his hometown he began teaching the people in their synagogue and they were amazed. They asked, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary and aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? Aren't all of his sisters with us? They were like, isn't this just an ordinary guy? Like we know him, you know, isn't this just Tunji? You know, we know he's from Nigeria. We know he lives just around the corner. We know his wife, Sheba. We know his little daughter, Tammy. This is, this is just Tunji. Um, you know, isn't this just Eliana? Um, isn't this just Sheba? You know, we know these people. They're from the earth. <laughs> we know We know that when their birthday is, we know when they're born, we know what they like, we know what they don't like. They're just, they're just human. And, and that's what they said about Jesus. They said, you know, we we know him, we know his brothers, we know his background, we know when he was born, we know his mom and dad. He's, he's just Jesus. You know, he's just an ordinary man born of this earth. And then they said, where then did this man, this ordinary man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his home, own town and in his own home 
And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. You see, these guys, you know, I can imagine if I was there, I'd probably come to a wrong conclusion as well. But they looked at Jesus and they came to a wrong conclusion. They came to a conclusion that here is just an ordinary guy, a nice guy with good intentions, doing good things, trying in his own little way to make the world a better place. You know, he's, he wasn't born in a palace. He was born in a stable. He was brought up in, a, in the lowly town of Bethlehem. You know, he or she was, you know, brought up in the lowly town of Salford, um, just down the road. Um, he had an ordinary job as a carpenter. Um, you know, hey, it's, it's just Russ. He's, you know, he's a teacher. He's just down the road. We know him. He's just got an ordinary job. It's, it's just Kev. It's just Dave. Um, and they concluded that he was just from the earth. You know, and, and that means that, you know, if they saw him, if you see Jesus as just an ordinary person born of the earth, then, then everything's fine. But when then Jesus comes and he starts challenging and he starts provoking me and he starts, cha- you know, challenging me to change the way that I think and to change my attitudes and to change the way that I live my life, you know, so if I just think he's from the earth, then I'm going to take offense. I'm going to be like, who are you <laughs> to speak into my life? Um, who are you to challenge me? Um, who does he think he is, this Jesus guy? Um, you see, they couldn't honor him as being from heaven. And, and if we can honor Jesus as being from heaven, then what it meant is it said they took offense at him and he couldn't do many miracles. Jesus himself couldn't do many miracles. I think Jesus always wants to do miracles. I think Jesus always wants to heal. He always wants to do great things in our lives. But it says that Jesus couldn't do many miracles because a people couldn't, wouldn't honour that he's from heaven and so therefore they couldn't receive from Jesus the things of heaven. Um, <clears throat> you see, honour is a that we receive from heaven. Um, you know, Jesus, uh, let's, just, let's just turn to, to Ephesians 6 and verse 1. You see, I love that we aren't any old people, that we are a heavenly people sent from heaven. Um, Ephesians 6 verse 1 says, children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then it says, Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So we get a principle here. Now, I don't think it's just your natural mother and father. I think there's a principle here Jesus is trying to teach us and Paul's trying to bring us. It's a principle of, he's trying to show us what's the way of heaven? What's the way of receiving heaven into our lives? And the way of receiving heaven into our lives is through honouring. It says here, children, honour your parents. If you go on, it says, fathers, honour your children. It says, slaves, obey your, uh, honour or obey your masters. But this whole thing of a principle of, hey, if you will honour um, the things of heaven, then you can receive the things of heaven. Um, 
the girls, you know, uh, well, my oldest two girls, they go to school. And I always teach them, um, you know, it's a really big value for us. I always teach them, you, you honour your teachers at school. It's really important you honour your teachers. Now, hey, I used to be a teacher. So, like, I'm under no illusions like, I, that, that teachers are perfect. <laughs> so, so I don't say to them, hey, honour your teachers because they are perfect. Um, I used to be one, so I know that's not true. But, but what I do want to do with my children is I want for them to receive all that they can from education. I want them to receive all that they can from school. And I know the principle of honour. So, hey, if my children, it's so ingrained in them that they honour teachers, I know that they're going to be able to receive the most from their education. They'll be able to receive the most from their imperfect teachers. And you see... We, we have all, John 3, 3 says that, hey, I, I know, you probably know your date of birth. You know the day that you were born into this earth. Um, and you were born as a normal human, just as me, I think, I hope. Um, but John 3, 3 says that the day that we gave our lives to Jesus, we were born again from heaven. Um, you know, so if you know Jesus, you've been born again from heaven. And that means that actually you're actually from heaven. So we're, that, that's what I mean when I say that we're a heavenly people. And what we need to do is we need to learn as a heavenly people of how to operate in heavenly ways. Because heaven operates totally differently in totally different ways to the ways of this earth. And, and so we're a heavenly people. We've been born again. And then it says in John 17, 18, and it's repeated, John 20, verse 21, that not only were we born from heaven, but that we've been sent from heaven into this earth. Wow. Did you know that God has sent you from heaven into Swinton, into your street, um, into your workplace, into your family, into your household, sent from heaven. And and then turn to me to John chapter 6, verse 29. Um, John 6, verse 29. It says, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. In other words, remember Jesus, they couldn't recognize you as from heaven. But Jesus says here, he says, the work of God is this, is to believe, to honor, to realize that, that, that actually his servants have been sent from heaven. Each of us here have been sent from heaven. Um, and that's the way we receive the things of heaven. You see, if we think that, that each of us are maybe just good people, nice people with great ideas, you know, trying to do our little bit, but that actually fundamentally we're just from this earth, then we won't be able to receive the things of heaven. But if we accept that we have been sent from heaven, we are the best people in the world. That is not our, it's because God chooses to live in of us. Um, that's the way God works. So I want to spend a bit of time this afternoon talking about honour, the way of heaven, so that each of us will be able to receive all that heaven has for us today. Does that sound good? Great. So my first point is honouring the Christ in each other. You know, we're all priests. And what that means is that we can go directly to God. You don't need to go through a church leader. You don't need to go through a pastor. You don't need to go. You yourself are a priest. That means you can go directly to God. 
direct access to him 24-7 any day of the week. But one of the ways of God, one of the ways of heaven is that he works like this. Often we will go, often I will go to God and I'll be like, oh God, you know, I really need encouraging. And and what God will often do is he'll say, okay, um, you know, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put encouragement that Kev needs inside you, Liz. And then what I'm like is I'm like, oh God, give me encouragement. And God always encourages me. But, but, but I really, if I really, really need encouraging, God's like, no, I've placed it in one of my people. And it's only by honouring one of my people and it's only by honouring the gift in one of my people that you can receive all that you really need from heaven. And so I go up to, you know, Liz comes up to me and she says, Kev, I just want you to know that, you know, I just really want to encourage you and strengthen you and, and God wants to build you up. And if I just think, oh, that's just someone saying a few nice things about me, then it stops there. But if I'm prepared to honour the gift of Christ in Liz or that then what I'm able to do is I'm able to receive something of heaven from Liz honoring the gift of Christ in each other you know like like when someone brings a prophetic word to you or, or when someone you know says actually I think God is saying this right now or hey can I can I pray for you do you know it's not that we're not an ordinary people it's not just someone trying to pat you on the shoulder No, actually, that person could be sent from heaven by God to to give you the things of heaven. Um, That's one of the ways that God works. So like we have a prayer banner just over here and we love to have times where we can pray for people to be healed at the end of our meeting. And, you know, when... When we go up there and, you know, when Chikwe is up there or when like Emma is stood up there or, or Tim and Esther or, or Tunji, it's not just the man Chikwe we're going up to, you know, and the man Chikwe, can you just pray a nice prayer over me? No, it's Chikwe, the man who has been sent from heaven and who God has poured his anointing over. It's, it's Tunji, the man full of power from heaven that I'm going to, I'm actually going to, to, to the Christ in Chikwe, to the Christ in Tunji. Um, now, obviously, all of us can heal. I'm talking about all of us here. I'm just choosing this to make a point. You know, like, like when Russ, Russ shared last week, didn't he? Um, I heard he brought a great message. Can anyone remember what it is, what it was? Oh, I'm testing you now. We, we are family. You know, now, now, is it just that Russ was bringing a, a few words of, oh, isn't it nice that, that we're family and, and this will, you know, gently encourage us and that's great. And, and obviously, Russ will bring in his stories and, and tell from his perspective and, you know, the man Russ will, will communicate to us. But actually, is it possible that God put some of himself in Russ last Sunday and that actually as well as Russ talking to us there's something of God that we can receive from Russ last week and that God was actually talking to this community about us being a family honouring the Christ in each other that's why at the end of the meeting we have tea and coffee with each other um uh, when we have tea and coffee with each other and, and when we pray for each other and when we talk to one another, actually we're able to, if we can honour the Christ in one another, we can receive from God from each other. Um, 
Turn with me to Matthew 10 and verse 40. I often do make people cry when I preach. Matthew 10 verse 40 says, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Do you know, Saul, before he became Paul, really struggled with that. He didn't get that. Um, Turn with me to chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. And verse 1, it says, Meanwhile, Saul, so that's who he was before um, he became Paul and wrote most of the New Testament, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Who was he breathing out murderous threats against? The Lord's disciples. Okay, then fast forward to verse 4. It's Jesus meets with him and it says he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, this is Jesus talking to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now, if I was Saul, I'd be like, no, Jesus, you got it all wrong. I was, I was persecuting your disciples. And you see, but Jesus says, no, you were persecuting me. Now, if I was Saul, I'd be confused. <laughs> but you understand Jesus is like, no, whatever you do to my disciples, my people, that's us, by the way, you're doing that to me. Because Jesus, you know, like, he takes things personally. So however we talk to one another, however we think about one another, we're actually thinking and talking about Jesus. You know, the Jesus who has placed himself in each of us. Um, But hey... None of us are perfect, right? We're all works in progress. Well, well, Danny Silk, he once said this. He said, honour is, is celebrating who a person is without stumbling over who they're not. And, and so we don't honour people because they're perfect. We honour each other because of the Jesus that is in each other, um, the Jesus that he's placed in us. In 1 Corinthians 1.28, I love this verse, it says, God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not. That's the, you know, he chooses ordinary people like us and he chooses to place his glory and his person and his presence inside. You know, I... um, And I really want to just encourage us in terms of the way that we see one another, that we're not an ordinary people, we're a heavenly people. You know, I remember when um, we had our first baby, Lucy, she's six now, um, but I remember the day that she was born and I saw Lucy and I thought, wow, she is, I was convinced of it, she is the most beautiful baby that has ever been born on this planet ever. And I held her. And I was smitten. And if I'm honest, what I did do is, as I walked through the maternity wards, and on my way out, I walked through maternity ward, and I look at other babies. And as I'd look at other babies, totally smitten that my baby was the most beautiful, I would look at another baby. I'd say, I'd say to myself, "Your baby is not. Actually, your baby isn't as beautiful as my baby. And that baby, that are no way near as beautiful as my baby. And actually, in comparison to my baby, that baby is actually quite ugly." And um, now, do you know?
you know, good, thankfully, I didn't actually vocalise that, and I didn't actually say that out loud. What stopped me, you know? Because I could have just said, you know, if I said, imagine saying that to a mum, <laughs> you know, imagine saying to a mum who's just had a newborn baby, actually, your baby's not very beautiful compared to my baby, and then, and then, what would they do? Probably punch me, not be happy with me. I could say in my defence, I could say, but I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about to, to the mother. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about your baby. Um, you know, but you understand the mum, every mum would think, you know, no, you're not just talking about my baby. You're actually talking about me because there's something of me inside of my baby. Exactly the same with God, that God has placed his Holy Spirit inside each and every one of us so that when we look at each other let's look at each other through those lenses that we see the Christ in each other that we see the Jesus um, that we see God in each other <clears throat> so honouring the gift of Christ honouring the Christ in each other and then the second thing I want to talk about this afternoon is, is honouring the gift of leadership you see, there are many gifts of Christ that we can receive from each other. Um, you know, Romans 12 talks about, talks about loads of them. The gift of serving, the gift of teaching, the gift of encouraging, the gift of giving, the gift of hospitality. Hey, you know, if you want the gift of hospitality, just spend a little bit of time with Tim and Esther. And I guarantee you, you'll start feeling really well looked after and cared for. And she'll cook you meals, Esther. And, you know... But, you know, what I really want to focus in on, just, you know, just for a little bit, is I want to focus in just a little bit on the gift of leadership. You see, leadership is one gift of many, but it is a gift nonetheless. And it's kind of like really politically incorrect, you know, to talk about that leadership is a really good thing. That, that leadership, God sends leadership for our good in our society because our society will kind of tell us that actually it's really good that everyone goes their own way. You know, that everyone does what is fit for them. Um, everyone goes their own way. And actually, you know, we've seen leadership be abused in the past. And so actually leadership's a really bad thing. But, but you know, God, God is our leader. God is our shepherd. In Psalm 23 verse 2, it says that God leads us beside still waters. You know, um, and God always wants to lead us to a place of abundance. Um, and in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 26, if you wanted to turn there, you know, there's, there's God's people and they're in a real mess. They're, maybe you can relate. Sometimes you get in a bit of a mess in your life. Well, God's people, they were in a mess in their lives and, and things were not for them but then in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 26 like it says I will basically it's God promising that he's going to make things better for them that he's going to lead them to a better place and he says this he says I will restore your leaders as in the days of old and it's like this prophetic statement that, that God's not going to turn his back on his people that his people are needy his people are in trouble his people are desperate and God's like it's okay I, I one day I'm going to restore your leaders as in the days of old and your leaders they'll do you good they'll, they'll lead you to good pastures they'll lead you to places of abundance a bit like you know 
I remember a time in my life before I knew Jesus when I just led myself and and I thought I didn't do a very good job of leading my own life. But then I came to a point and I met Jesus and I heard Jesus say to me, hey, actually, Kev, if you'll follow me, if you'll take my lead, then I'll lead you to a good place. And, And Jesus did that. He leads us to good places. And that's why God pours out leadership onto his people um, because he's like he has compassion and love for his church and he's like oh so what I'm going to do to bless them for their good I'm going to pour out gifts of leadership alongside other gifts for my people's good God's like I want to bless my people I want to do my people to do good I want them to win I want them to prosper in life Um, I want them to be successful in extending my kingdom and transforming Salford. Um, So I'll pour all the leadership gift that they need in order to bless them. But you know, the principle we've just talked about is that actually if we honour the things of heaven, then we're able to receive the things of heaven. And so my point is, is if we honour the gift of leadership, then we will receive the gift of leadership from heaven that brings blessing to our lives. Now, we don't honour leaders because they're infallible. (laughs) Um, I can guarantee you that no leader is infallible. Um, It's a lie. (laughs) And we don't honour someone just because or because they're perfect. Um, But we do want to recognise that actually God places the gifting of leadership for our good in people. And we would well to recognise that. You know, sometimes, sometimes I find this challenging. You know, sometimes when I'm in the office, Richard might be like a little bit grumpy with me. Or actually, sometimes, if I'm honest, sometimes he teases me and picks on me a little bit. And I've got to get off and come and pastor me, you know, and, um, and pray for me. But, you know, I recognise that, that God has placed in Richard, you know, a measure of leadership, a gift of leadership that actually, if I'm able to receive, not just from the man, Richard, but actually from the, Jesus, the, the, the gifting of Jesus that, that he's placed inside Richard, then actually I'm able to receive heaven into my life. I'm able to receive goodness and blessing into my life. You know, I remember, I remember when we, when we started you know, as a church family here in Salford, when we were in Glen House. Anyone remember Glen House? A few of us here. And, um, and we started to hear God about moving into Swinton. And, and we were looking for a building. And, and in my heart, I was like, you know, we're going to buy a building of our own. We're going to buy a building of our own. And, and I had this dream on my heart of, of us owning our own building. And, um, and I would look around all the vacant buildings in Swinton. I spent months doing this. And, and at every point, just saw a closed door, closed door, closed door. And I kind of just felt that there was something that needed to happen, but I didn't know what. And, and, and all these doors were closed. And I was like, God, you know, open a door from heaven for us, Lord. You know, show me, you know, show me. And, and then Richard and Judith, and 
Dave and Philippa and Gavin and Kofo, um, a, a group of guys, we call them the apostolic team, basically a team of people who God has poured out leadership gifting upon and anointing and wisdom. And, and he's called us as a church community to receive leadership from these guys. And, and Richard encouraged me, yeah, just you know, before I started looking, he'd encouraged me, he said, Kev, have a look at Methodist church buildings. Just, just, I feel there's something on it. Have a look at Methodist church buildings. And I was like, in my heart, I was like, no, I'm right. You, you just, it's just an idea from Richard, the man, you know. And, um, and, and I saw every door shut and I thought, okay, well, I suppose, I suppose I'd better do, you know, I, I, I'll just investigate. And then, do you know what? We started investigating and then suddenly this door opened here in this building. And, and, and as we started talking to the guys here who own this building in Manchester Road, we just had a sense God is in this. Actually, this is a door that's been opened from heaven for us here. But you understand, I prayed to God and I said, God, I want to receive directly from you. And, and God said, actually, if you will receive what I've put in, these, in, the, in the apostolic team here, then actually you'll, rec- you'll be able to receive from heaven. Um, do you see the correlation? And, and hey, six months later, we're here in Swinton. You know, God's added to us, you know, Samantha and, and, and Sharon and, um, and Eliana. We've just done an Alpha course. Five people completed the Alpha course. And it reminds me, you know, of, of Judges 5, verse 2. It says this, it says, When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves... Praise the Lord. Um, and so we find ourselves in this spacious land. We find ourselves with, you know, having come through a door that's been opened in heaven from us because we've honoured the gift of leadership that God has given to us. Um, <clears throat> when Richard, you know, when Richard preached here a couple of weeks ago, he preached to us about owning multi-site church together. And, and he said, you know, will, will we here in Swinton, you know, will, are we prepared to own multi-site together? That, that we wouldn't just, he encouraged us not to just think that actually King's Church, the other sites, it's their responsibility to help little old us out here. But actually, we might be few in number, we might be 30 adults or so, but actually, are we prepared to own multi-site? Are we prepared to buy into, um, to buy into multi-site? And he challenged us. And, you know, I know that he brought it as the man Richard with his own personal stories and his own human voice, but, but is it possible that he wasn't just sharing some of his own opinions. Is it possible that amongst that, that God is bringing direction to this community of people through the leadership gifting that is inside of Richard towards us? You know, I want to value and honour leadership in my life. Um, And we as a community want to value and honour leadership in our lives because it does us good. Um, You know, 
I've talked about corporately, but even individually in our lives, you know, when making a big decision in your life, you know, when I make a big decision in my life, I often ask the leaders God's placed around me, actually, I think God's leading me here, but can you help me discern the will of God? You know, what is there, can you go away and pray into it as well? Is there anything you're feeling? And, and I'll start talking to the guys around me. You know, Hebrews 13 and verse 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Well, that sounds a little bit heavy, doesn't it? Obey your leaders. That causes a bit of a reaction in me. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It just kind of grates me a bit. But if you look at the Greek word for obey, it's actually, it's a Greek word called patho. And what patho actually means is be persuaded by. Um, so in that, it really should read, be persuaded by your leaders or allow yourself to be persuaded by your leaders or invite your leaders to persuade you. It's kind of like, you know, I dis- you know, Richard, Dave, I don't know, I just kind of, I'm not seeing eye to eye with what you're seeing at the moment. And I kind of, I disagree with what you're seeing, but there's something in me that I, actually, I want to be persuaded by you. (laughs) You know, actually, I want to understand what you're saying because I want to, not because you, you most of the time get it right, because they don't, but because I see something of Christ in you and we would do well to honor the gifting of leadership in those, um, in those guys. You know, that's why, that's why we have connect groups and connect leaders and Tunji and Sheba and, and Emma, because we want everyone in this church to be able to receive pastoral care and life and blessing and abundance and us all walking in that together. So, so that's honouring the Jesus in each other and honouring the le- leadership gift in. Uh, the gift of leadership. And the third thing I want to talk about today is honouring what God has said by putting it into practice. <laughs> you know, um, Jesus told the parable of the wise man and the foolish man. Um, anyone remember the difference? What's the difference between the wise man and the foolish man? Anyone sing that song at primary school? The wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sands. And what happened to the foolish man who built his house upon the sands? The storms came and it fell down. What was the difference between the wise man and the foolish man? Fantastic. They both heard the word of Jesus. They both might have been here in this room, you know, sat amongst us. They might have been here, sat in this room. And, and they might have, you know, if they heard a message, they might have said, yeah, amen. That's right, Kev. Hallelujah. Preach it, brother. And, you know, or to that effect. But one went away and said, I am going to honour this word by putting it into practice. And the other said, I've given it lip service. I've honoured this word by giving my loud amen. But he didn't put it into practice in his life. 
And, and so when God speaks to us, one way that, or, or, or the main way we can honour God's words is we can put it into practice in our lives. That's the main way we honour God's words. Luke eleven twenty eight says, blessed are those who hear the word of God, who hear God speaking and put it into practice. The people of Nineveh knew what it was to honour God's words. Um, They heard God's words through Jonah and they changed. They put it into practice. So what has God spoken to to us about that we can put into practice? Well, well God's spoken to us about being a multi-site church. You know that the way we're going to fulfill together the plan and purpose of God on this community um, is not by setting up one big mega church that everyone can stream to and come to, but by positioning ourselves as a multi-site church and establishing more and more sites um, across our cities. And and God spoke to us about about actually we can go further when we travel together. Um, And I'm not just talking about together here in this room, but together as King's Church, all six or seven hundred of us. We can go further when we go together. If God is saying that to us as a church community, um, if we've heard God right together, if, you know, I remember four years ago, uh, some of you were here when we started, when we talked about it as a church and we asked each other, we said, is this where God is leading us? And, and we all said, yes, we all said, amen, this, is, this feels right to us. And so we own this, as a, we, own, we, we made a decision to own this as a church community. And, and so, if that's what God's saying, how can we honour that by putting that into practice? Well, well, first of all, you know, that some of the multi-site events that are going on the next couple of months, you know, the summer party um, that's going on on Saturday night, um, maybe you're here, maybe you're just like, well, I've got two left feet and I'm not really into discos or parties. Um, that'll be me, by the way. Um, or, or I don't know if I fancy it, but, but actually, how about we see actually this could be a great way of me honouring and putting into practice what God's talking to us about, about owning multi-site. It could be making a decision to go to big church weekends. You know, actually, it's, it's quite expensive. It's a lot of money. Maybe you, you're not too keen on staying in chalets or, you know, uh, I, I don't know what your plans are. But, but it's a way that we could put into practice the words that God is speaking to us about. Deeper, deeper as you know, next Friday night, all together as King's Church coming together to worship God. Um, another way we can put into practice that which is God talking to us. You see, we as a church community here in Swinton own a building. Did you know that? <laughs> we own a building. It's called King's House. King's House isn't Manchester Sites building um, that Manchester Site own and we sometimes visit, um, you know, or go along to. It, Manchester Site is not the mother site, you know, or the mothership. No, actually, King's Church, we all as King's Church own a building called King's House. There are two sites. Manchester morning and Manchester evening that happen by coincidence to meet in that building but we all as King's Church four sites of us equally own King's House so when we go to King's House um, whether you've been there once or ten times or whether you've never been there before we're actually going to our home we're going to a place that belongs to us uh, 
And that's another way we can put this into practice. You know, and I realise, hey, you know, King's House is maybe 20, 25 minutes away for some of us. Maybe it's a bit of a drive, but hey, another way we could put it into practice is if you've got a car, why don't, you know, have, have a look at what's going on, what we're doing together as King's Church. You know, why don't you offer someone a lift? You know, think, actually, I want to honour that which God is speaking to us about owning multi-site. I'm going to give a few people a lift to deeper. And we're going to go down together in our cars because we here in Swinton are serious about honouring God's word and putting it into practice. Um, maybe, you know, maybe you're not aware, but, but like, there's a whole load of stuff that we do together. There's Bible studies, there's prayer meetings, there's, um, a, you know, a, a teachers gatherings, there's entrepreneurial stuff, there's worship, there's like all loads of stuff that we do together as King's Church. Um, And a lot of it happens at King's House. And and my challenge to us is, will we own that? Are we, you know, will we honour what God's saying to us by putting that into practice and owning that together? Um, So so putting into practice multi-site church. Um, Putting into practice also, God spoke to us about being a centre of healing. Um, you know, that's a great word, isn't it? You know, we're going to see people healed. We're going to see people healed of cancer. We're going we're gonna to see life changed. Fantastic. You know, it's got an amen for me. But how are we going to put that into practice? Um, that's why we have the prayer banner at the end of every meeting. That's why we've actually got a testimony book at the back of the room that that, that if anyone gets healed, we want to record it and write it down because we want to put into practice the word that God has spoken to us. When's the last time that you prayed for a sick person? When's the last time that you laid hands on someone in the school playground or in your workplace, um, in your street, in your family? You see, what a great opportunity we've got to put into practice what God's speaking to us about. We've heard God speak to us about breaking, boat sinking, fruitfulness. Um, how can we honour that word? Anyone, that sounds an amazing word, that our nets are going to be so fruitful that, you know, net breaking, broke sinking, fruitfulness. We're going to see people saved, guys. We're going to see this room filled with people. We're going to see Jesus meeting with people and lives being transformed. Um, how can we honour that word? How can we put that word into practice? That's why we've just finished the Alpha course. That's why in September we want to start another Alpha course um, because we want to put that word into practice. Um, So in conclusion, guys, we're a heavenly people. We're sent from heaven. Um, Let's honour the Christ in one another. Let's honour the gift of leadership that we could receive from heaven. And let's honour what God's speaking to us about as a church community by putting it into practice. Um, I'm just going to ask us, could we just stand together just just to respond? Um, you know, I believe that Jesus wants you, each of us, to receive from heaven this afternoon. And maybe, you know, there can be things that block the flow of heaven to you. 
Um, and one of those things we read about uh, is about offense. And, and it talks about, you know, Jesus, they couldn't receive the things of heaven from him because they took offense. They just thought he was from the earth. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I never wake up in the morning and think to myself, I know what I'm going to do today. I'm going to take offense. Um, anyone wake up and think that? Um, you know, I don't. But, but actually, when we just see the people of God and we, and we just see actually this is just from, this is just someone's nice idea. And, and we don't accept that, that people have been sent from heaven for our good. Then we can end up taking offence. We take something that doesn't belong to us and will stop us from receiving from heaven. And God wants us to receive from heaven today fresh life, abundant life, joy, peace, righteousness. So I'm just going to pray now. And I just want you to open up your heart to God. God's here. Yeah, God, thank you, Lord, that, that you want us to receive all that you have from heaven. And that the way that you do that is that we just check our hearts and that we say that we're an honouring people. And Lord, we just say we want to honour the things of heaven. We want to honour the Christ in each other. We want to honour the gift of leadership. We want to honour your word by putting it into practice. And we just say, Lord, that, Lord, would you check our hearts and would you just check that we haven't taken offence, Lord God. We haven't made a mistake and thought, actually, something's originated from earth when actually it's from you. And we just say, Lord, help us, Lord, just to remove anything that might block the flow of heaven to our lives this afternoon. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.